Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, to our word for this evening, the first part of a two-part series on the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord. Wow, what an apropos message. You know, so many people are imagining in this particular day with all the things that are going on, especially in light of some of the digital technology and, uh, you know, several of the conspiracy theories that are floating around. And, you know, I listen to them and, and uh, you know, I, uh, you know if, if you know me, you know that I am intrigued by these things. I don't let them control my life, but nonetheless, they are interesting because I believe we are seeing the book of Revelation unfold. I believe Jesus is coming, and I believe he's coming soon. And I think that, that God is giving us an awakening, an opportunity, and I also think that the world is getting set up by the God of this world to accept some things that the book of Re Revelation says are going to happen. I believe there will be a mark of the beast. And I believe that if it were being seen in light of today, it would certainly uh, you know, be some of the things we have seen on, published on the Internet. Uh, if you've been following those things, I know they can be alarming, but yet we're not supposed to be alarmed. That will figure in to what we're going to be reading this evening. Let me encourage you, if you do not have your Bibles with you, you may want to access them on your phone, your iPad, or, or go get your hard copy. Because, uh, you know, uh, the, the Word of God, you're going to want to read this over and over. And especially getting prepared for our next week as we get into the meat of this teaching. This will be a non-exhaustive look at the coming of the Lord. We don't plan to go through every detail, but we do plan to give enough information so that you can see what is happening not only in the world, but how we should respond to this moment. What is our part in this moment? We're going to begin and actually look at 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians in the next two weeks. And uh, let me set us up for just a moment so you'll know where the Apostle Paul is coming from. In Acts, the 16th chapter, the Apostle Paul had just gotten to Greece, and it was uh, the first time he had taken the Word of God to the European continent. And he landed at Philippi. Acts 16, he ends up in jail. Uh, we talked about that this past Sunday. And when the Apostle Paul was released from jail, ultimately he makes his way a little farther south into Macedonia there, uh, what is now Greece. And the Apostle Paul uh, ends up next preaching in the town of Thessalonica. It's a relatively small town, but yet, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's got a lot going for it and uh, a lot of businesses and, you know, uh, the, the people, many of the people, devout women, and, and you know, the, the, the Bible says, you can read it in Acts chapter 17, uh, many of them turn to the Lord and they believe, but a lot of people get really upset with him and, and they begin to persecute him and persecute those that are helping him. Well, it ends up not far into chapter 17 of the book of Acts that the Apostle Paul has to leave Thessalonica. He goes on and makes his way through Athens and on to Corinth. But we find him in about the year A.D. 
52, let's say. 51, 52, 53. There's some leeway in there. But probably about the year 52, we find the Apostle Paul writing a letter back to those people who had been born again in Thessalonica. Now, throughout Paul's European ministry, men from Thessalonica who did not like him are going to continue following him around and persecuting him. And you know, they say bad words about him everywhere he goes. And, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it was the nature and still is today of some people who feel as though that they're doing God a favor when they're persecuting some preacher or someone who is proclaiming the word of God. Well, it was no different in Paul's day. And so uh, Paul is writing the first letter, 1 Thessalonians is how we have it, back to the church in Thessalonica. And uh, about six months, as we understand, about six months after having written this letter from Corinth, as we understand, back to the church in Thessalonica, which is not very far there in Macedonia, and the people receive it and they read it, Evidently, some people misread it or misinterpret it or perhaps even misuse it to cause some alarm and to cause some trouble in the church. It's not unlike what happens today. You know, it doesn't just happen to preachers, by the way. It happens to business leaders. It happens to politicians. It happens to a lot of people that someone misquotes what you said. Even though the Apostle Paul wrote the truth, someone misquoting, misinterpreting, misusing, you know, uh, and and there were false teachers in that day. and, And there are people there in Thessalonica that did not like the Apostle Paul. And so they are using his words to make people afraid. There is perhaps... You know, uh, there is a slim chance that people just truly misunderstood what he said. But most agree that the Apostle Paul has to write this second letter because of some of the abuses and him being misquoted and misunderstood, and that perhaps on purpose. Or at least the Apostle Paul wanted to bring a correction to that. And specifically, when it came to the issue of the second coming of Christ, that became a real issue in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. So in 2 Thessalonians is where we'll begin in chapter 2. In 2 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says, as he's writing to the church, because there's been a misunderstanding, a misinterpretation, or a misuse by either false teachers or by influential people, uh, people who, the people have been deceived. They've been confused and they're afraid. So he writes, 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you. Now, what is he doing? He's here, you know, identifying the topic that is of concern, and he's saying we, you know, those that are with me, you know, Silas, Timothy, we, we have heard that there's, you know, some confusion, some misinterpretation, some misuse, some, some, some concerns. We've even heard that you're afraid of our words. Uh, but we want you to listen to us. We're asking you. Concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering to him, we ask you, verse 2, 
not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Another translation, or alarmed, not to be alarmed, not to be troubled, not to be made afraid. That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Now, here the Apostle Paul is encouraging them to, to, you know, come on now, listen, we're asking you, don't let what I said in my earlier letter, don't let it be misused or misconstrued to confuse you or to make you afraid. Don't let it shake you up and don't let it trouble you. You know, don't let anyone in spirit, anyone in word, or even anyone using the words that I have written to you earlier, even by my own letter, don't let that make you afraid as though the Lord had come. Now it's evident from his writing here that the Apostle Paul is very concerned that something he had said had been misconstrued or, or uh, misinterpreted or not understood or misquoted to bring alarm. Someone in the church in Thessalonica, someone had been confusing the issue. Well, what was it that the Apostle Paul had written? You know, Paul's earlier letter, written about six months earlier, listen to what the Apostle Paul had written in 1 Thessalonians. This is what he's talking about. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. He's writing to them in an earlier letter, six months earlier as we understand. He said, but I do not want you to be ignorant, verse 13, chapter 4. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Christ. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, verse 18 of chapter 4, he says, Therefore comfort one another with these words. <laughs> verse 1, the next chapter. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, I have no need, you have no need that I should write you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Now this is what made them afraid. Verse 3, for when they say, peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, with these words here uh, being used wrongly, being misinterpreted, misinterpreted, misinterpreted or misquoted, they can be used to tell a truth that the Apostle Paul, or, or, or they can be used to make people think the Apostle Paul was trying to scare people 
and tell them, listen, Jesus is coming as a thief in the night, and, and you don't know when he's coming, and, and, and you, know, you, you, you need to make sure because, listen, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, like a pregnant woman all of a sudden having a labor pain, uh, you won't know. It, 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 it's a scary thing. But the Apostle Paul had already told them, and someone forgot to say, that these words were to bring comfort. Now, the Apostle Paul is going to answer this question as to when the Lord is coming. And he wants the church in Thessalonica to not use the Scriptures to make themselves or anyone else afraid. If I were to tell you that Jesus is coming before Pentecost or this September you know, which I mostly believe that would be to comfort you and to encourage you to know that the days are short it wouldn't be to bring you alarm and if someone uses the coming of the Lord to make someone else afraid or shaken up in their mind or troubled, they're using the word in the wrong way. You might say, Preacher, are you telling me that Jesus is coming soon? I'm telling you that the Apostle Paul and Jesus himself said they are come, that he's coming soon. I have it on good authority. And one thing is for certain. It's been almost 2,000 years since Jesus said, I'm coming quickly. Reckon how quick it is now. But before you get shaken in mind or troubled, let me encourage you. Join me back here next Wednesday evening okay, at 7 p.m. Texas time. And I will talk to you about the coming of the Lord and I will share with you what the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians and how they were looking to our day for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming, okay? And he's coming soon. Are you ready to pray for tonight? Are you ready to seal this word in our heart? And what word is it? The word is Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. And whatever soon may be to him is what matters. And we need to be prepared. And as well, we want to make sure that as we pray and lift up our heart to God, that we don't allow anyone to trouble us or shake us up as though a word was from God. You know, not even the letters in this Bible should shake us up because this word is meant to comfort us. And if it's not redemptive, and if it's not something that, you know, is comforting, you know, maybe what we need to do is just to adjust our lives a little bit and reread it, okay? Don't be soon shaken in mind. Receive the word of the Lord as it's intended. It's intended to be salvation for you and everyone who will believe. Let's not be afraid of the coming of the Lord or of the days that we are in. These are days of great awakening. And the world is being set up for the coming of the Lord. 
And God will go to extreme measures to make sure everyone gets a strong, encouraging invitation to surrender their lives to the forgiveness and the salvation he offers through Christ. Let's pray right now. Father, Lord, seal this word tonight in our hearts, Lord. And help us, Father, when we read the Word of God, Lord, not to be made afraid or concerned, Lord. or God, not to be fearful, Lord, as though that we, Lord, were coming under some judgment or as though that you were angry with us, Lord. Or God, uh, you took your anger and hung it upon a cross. And Lord, you're not mad at us. Lord God, you gave your only Son. You're in love with us. In fact, you love the whole world. One day you will judge the world. But today is a day of you separating sin from sinners. Lord, as we apply our lives, Lord, to your word and your word to our lives, Lord, help us to bring comfort and encouragement to others as we rightly divide your word in Jesus' name.